0: Hey, guys, and welcome to another episode of Swisspreneur. Today, I'm meeting Marcus Popp. He's one of the founders of Tillate and had a lot of experience how it is to build a company and then actually failing tremendously. I want to learn about his failure, but also about his experience he gathered after his long business career as a startup entrepreneur. So let's go and chat with him. Hi, Marcus. Hi, Gregor. Great to be here in Zurich. Where are we here?
1: We're at Kaufleuten Club, uh, which uh, basically is the mother of all clubs here in Zurich. Uh, having been successful for uh, like dozens of years. And one of the key places, of course, for our first startup.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about your first startup till late, which brought you here several times, I guess?
1: <laughs> yeah, quite a few times, true. Uh, well, the first startup we did was, uh, developed into the biggest party website in uh, Switzerland and in uh, Europe even. And um, it was actually great fun. We started out um, uh, during our studies. Um, It was quite a coincidence because we just saw that um, uh, if you post pictures of people from events, at the time it was just private birthday parties, um, if you do that, the like the stats of the visitors are uh, really uh, skyrocketing. And uh, we somehow had the feeling that that must be uh, the base for a potential business because we also at the same time read an article that the younger audience is more difficult to reach by the classical media. Mm-hmm. So and those
0: two things together
1: uh, in our head at least uh, um, Uh, gave us the the idea for the business model.
0: And were you all entrepreneurs? Like, did you know that you want to be entrepreneurs or did you like, was that a coincidence that you said we love parties and we are just like (laughs) guiding it through and let's combine like something we do anyway with something uh, entrepreneurial?
1: Uh, well, I, I, was, I was repairing stuff uh, when I was like 12 and 14 and mm-hmm. thought I had a business <laughs> and, okay. um, and when I was 17, 18 I started to organize parties um, and there I somehow had this epiphany moment when I drove to uh, St. Gallen to meet the sponsoring uh, guy from, uh, from a, a liquor brand. Okay. And, and I, I still remember that moment when I was driving to St. Gallen and I was going like, wow, oh, this, uh, this uh, being uh, on my own, uh, being able to decide everything uh, myself, oh, somewhat somehow that, uh, that felt good. And, um, and that, uh, yeah, that was the moment where I really realized that, uh, that this entrepreneurial um, activities actually uh, fit with my interests and uh, yeah so that's that's uh, so therefore I I knew quite early um, and uh, and during the studies at uh, ETH uh, Zurich it was very very stressful because of all the uh, of all the, the exams etc so there uh, the entrepreneurial activity declined a little bit and and then uh, when uh, coming up with these Two things, two points, uh, and hence the business model, or at least the idea for the business model. um, uh, Then the entrepreneurial spirit came uh, back. Exactly, came back again.
0: Yeah. So you you adapted like later on. You went more into business, and is this something like you would recommend to maybe start with uh, engineering and then add on the other things? Did that help you like on your entrepreneurial path, or do you think it? doesn't matter, like looking back you should never join university and just went right into to entrepreneurship right away or what? what's your take on that?
1: Well um, I think, I think the, having the, the technical background first, uh, I think that's always a good idea because most of, uh, of economics in my opinion is common sense made difficult, so, <laughs> so <laughs> you can easily learn that um, on the job uh, in an MBA or, or whatever. Um, and the technical stuff, um, I think that's much more complex to really to really get that. So I, I would re- I would definitely recommend to start out with the technology, and I think I think also the mix between the technology and uh, um, and the economical aspects is really uh, something I, I would I would recommend to anyone because. Um, a CEO who just knows the economics, but hasn't got a clue of the technology, had never developed uh, a website, never developed uh, a software. Uh, the credibility with the developers is just lower. Mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. if you can say, I mean, if, if a developer can tell you, okay, that's three days, but actually it's three hours of work, uh, then um, it's, uh, I think it's always good to, to really mix these um, aspects and not going to university at all for us well, it, was, it simply wasn't an option because when you told someone in nineteen ninety nine that you are going to do your own business, then it was it was somewhat like like what are you doing? You are at ETH and you you want to do this shaky Party website photos exactly <laughs> exactly that was that was really I mean the I mean the reactions were from like oh you're completely crazy to um, to yeah try it and if you are uh, if you are failing then you still can. Um, take your diploma out of your, uh, of your drawer and, yeah, and apply right. for a proper mm-hmm. job.
0: Mm-hmm. You started during university, so you, like at when, when the end of university came closer you got going with your, with your co-founders. Did you all meet on campus? Uh,
1: for us it turned out to be very cool. Uh, it was super stressful because um, uh, we had the, the lectures and all the work and, and even the diploma thesis uh, at the end. Uh, I for myself had a, had a, a part-time job to uh, to get the money in okay. <laughs> uh, to pay my uh, my flat in Zurich and um, uh, and then the, the, the own company which was really super stressful so uh, definitely we didn't sleep uh, that much in these in these times but um, on the other hand what was really cool is actually that you don't have to defend the lifestyle right i mean your right. uh, your uh, flat or your room in the um, uh, is is around 600 francs and uh, and you are you're, uh, you're used to canteen <laughs> container food and uh, therefore you you can really start with a with a very low cost structure which i would definitely re- recommend because i saw a lot of founders who uh, actually were had problems to refrain from all the stuff, from the nice car, from the nice flat, etc. And actually, uh, the, the material stuff hindered them to um, uh, to be a, an entrepreneur, which, uh, in my opinion, is pretty sad.
0: Yeah, got it. So you would say it's not so much the age, but it's actually the economical footprint someone has. So. It is of course that younger people don't use as much money as when you are already a little bit older and you bought your car and you signed your contract or you bought your ho- house but in the end you would recommend to everyone who is getting started to try to to lower the economical footprint as much as possible
1: definitely it gives you more runway right i mean i mean uh uh, and if you if you come to an investor and say I hey, I need fifteen thousand bucks per month, uh, it's going
0: to be hard. They will,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, will show, show you the, the exit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. therefore, um, and and for me it's always it it, it really um, it really gives me this this kind of uh, freedom also. I mean mm-hmm. I mean we're not dependent of anyone, um, and uh, and I defended actually the low um, my low cost lifestyle because it just. The material stuff doesn't really motivate me, mm-hmm. uh, which, on the other hand, uh, gives me a lot of freedom. I, I don't, I don't have to ask anyone to do anything. So, so, mm-hmm. and, and I don't need. I'm not dependent of the favor of a of an investor or something. It, it, I can just do whatever I want, and that, um, and that feeling actually is is a, is super important to me.
0: And how did that turn out with Tillade? Because I I believe you took external money. So how did that like like how did that play or would you do something now looking back at that would you do something different and when did you take money and why did you take money like now, hearing what you are saying,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean we we actually started out and, and invested all the money we had. Like we started out with four private digital cameras, like we, okay. we have, which we had as a as private persons. We had uh, we started with our uh, private notebooks, uh, my old uh, Volkswagen Golf, and then uh, and an IKEA table at the, at the flat of Sylvan and Andre, and. Um, and, and then just invested all the money into servers and stuff, and and I was really completely broke at the end of the studies. I even had to uh, to lend like two thousand Swiss francs from Sylvan to buy a new camera to be able to go to, to events. The parties. Exactly, <laughs> a network with yeah. with uh, event. Uh, organizers to get the first advertising revenues in okay so uh, so we really like uh, if you're uh, when you're flying a plane like the wheels would have touched the the, the trees and then <laughs> and then it went up again so um, and and the the cool thing actually was that that um, uh, although we never had a business plan um, from uh, two thousand where we really really started the company then um, to um, to 2007, the revenues always doubled um, and we really, if, if, you, if you had to look at the statistics, we really uh, uh, achieved exactly the hockey stick so many founders put into their business plan. Mm-hmm. We were like, at, In 2007, we were at like 6.6 million uh, revenue only in Switzerland and only advertising revenues, which I think uh, like, like super profitable, like 30, 35% of, of EBIT. Uh, and, Till that point, we actually were able to organically grow, to uh, always reinvest the money. So um, also our our salaries, we tried to um, to really keep them low, as far as it as that was okay uh, uh, with the tax <laughs> the tax government. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, uh, we really were were able to to get this hockey stick, but. Um, uh, only because we, every, like every Swiss franc we, we earned uh, was reinvested into the growth.
0: Right.
1: That was. And then... But so there
0: were no investors? No investors at all. Investors. Uh, like okay. the
1: first seven years. Yeah but um but then we we were like we had so many advisors also telling us yeah but but you're stupid you have a, a highly profitable business in uh in a market like Switzerland why don't you uh go to bigger markets like Germany like France like uh like UK or Spain for example which to us makes that made sense mm-hmm. and we and we actually were um we were thinking about yeah what what are we going to do um we had first um offers to uh to exit, to have, a, to have the company bought by, uh, by bigger media houses, mm-hmm. and we were going like, no, actually, actually, we would like to have this experience, and we would like to collect more experience in managing such a such a, such a structure. And and then um, we saw actually that with uh, with that um, money we had, it was not we were not able to to roll out the market, all these markets, especially because. We saw that in markets where already copies existed, Mm -hmm. it was much harder to get into the clubs. Because uh,
0: because they were already there, they were the same nationality. Why should we work with these Swiss people?
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm And if you come, yeah, but you are the original, (laughs) then no one really cared. Exactly. So so on the one hand, we had the pressure to to get into this market very quickly in mm-hmm. order uh, to avoid. And we saw that, for example, in Spain, we had a, a great CEO there, and in in no time he managed to get the the platform as the number one in the in the nightlife um, mm-hmm. media sector uh, from what we did. Um, and, and and on other markets where there are already competitors, um, I mean, the clubs were okay. There's another one asking. Uh, for a collaboration. of
0: mm-hmm. collaboration, but so you w- you went actually all in. Like in poker language, it would be you said, okay, we give away the Swiss entity, get money, and use this money to build Europe. Was it a little bit that way, or
1: well, well, actually, actually, coming, uh, coming. Um, um uh the, the idea with um, with having a huge strategic investor in Switzerland was basically coming out of a strategy um, of growth which uh, we first developed um, uh, the idea there was to have a joint venture with uh, with the biggest media house in with the same audience um, mm-hmm. in every market um, and um, like that we would have got um, a, a quite a uh, a fast reach um, in this audience. And the second thing, of course, all the relation to the media agencies and the advertising agencies would have been far easier uh, if we can say, hey, we have a joint venture with Media House XY, which is already known in that that market. And I think, I think that was one of the very big mistakes we did, um, uh, we changed this, uh, we, we made the deals with, uh, with 20 minutes in mm-hmm. Switzerland, like Totamedia, mm-hmm. um, um, which was a very cool collaboration with them, but um, then we changed the strategy um, uh, into saying, ah, no, let's, let's get a, an investor on the group level. Uh, which was one of the things the investor said, yeah, but uh, but in, in the most interesting market, you already have uh, uh, an in, a strategic investor, and now, now I'm taking all the risk, basically. Uh, which was true, of course, and uh, therefore that was one of the, of the biggest mistakes, I think, in, uh, in this growth capital surge, mm-hmm. which was basically the biggest failure we had, actually. We, we never got the, the growth capital to get um, uh, outside Switzerland. Um, uh, and that was one of the biggest mistakes uh, because um, uh, this this change in strategy actually was, was not really. at um, work. Yeah, it did, did not work at all. Yeah.
0: How did it feel when you realized it? Because you were like growing every year, you were doubling your revenues, and then two thousand six, two thousand seven, you changed your strategy, and then it got so tremendously hard because actually you just, yeah, you just wanted to grow even more, I guess. Yeah, true. Then, but that didn't happen.
1: I mean that was a that was a, a, a terrible moment, of course. I mean, uh, especially if um, if you have to tell employees who make a great job in the operational uh, um, area, mm-hmm. uh, like having growing visitor numbers, and then have to say, "Hey, we have to get rid of that uh, department, for example, or of that country because it's simply not profitable yet, uh, because we didn't get the growth capital." I mean, yeah. that, was, that was that were horrible moments, and and. Especially after like you, 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 you start a business which no one really believes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if, if uh, uh, everybody tells you off ah, that you, don't, you would never earn a dime with that, then uh, you have you, like seven you, years. You everything, prove it, every,
0: <laughs> everything goes right.
1: Exactly true. Uh, everything really went well. And then, and then you, you tackle a big project and, yeah. and this one is really going, going. It's so com- big
0: that it almost kills you
1: exactly yeah. exactly i mean i mean the the um, the, the uh, we had to really restructure the whole thing we had mm-hmm. to really get rid of companies we had really uh, to have uh, we had to uh, lay off to do layoffs we had um, that was really it was really a very very bad time um, mm-hmm. and um, uh, especially if <laughs> if uh you know, many people who, who if, if you told uh, someone about the project, they actually were, were skeptical about, um, yeah, but are you going to be able to manage this decentralized organization, you have to imagine that um, in every city we needed someone taking care of the clubs, taking care of the photographers um, and all that stuff. And, and, and people told us, yeah, but I mean, if you're in Zurich and you're, you have to organize a team in Bern, that's one hour drive, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're in Barcelona and uh, have to organize a team in Sevilla, um, uh, probably won't, you won't be able to manage that. And ironically, all that stuff which people doubted um, from an operational point of view, that worked oh, yeah. out very well. Yeah. I mean, the, all the processes were, um, were uh, structured by the software. Two thirds of the software we developed was process optimization, and one third, which people knew was the photo galleries and the, the event calendar and the community part. Mm-hmm. And two thirds behind it was just process optimization. And no one really doubted that with the with the revenue track record we had uh that that there could be a problem with the financing because Mm -hmm. uh, if you if you're doubling the income every year and um, then basically no one really said and and ironically that didn't work out uh, but but all the rest actually
0: worked without any problems so it's super hard to actually predict like when you when you are doing a startup it's hard to predict where actually failure could come from it can be behind every new risk that you are taking so you have to be on one hand you have to be super careful Mm -hmm. but on the other hand you also have to be realistic like if you just embark to an entrepreneurial journey and you think everything will go fine probably not
1: yeah exactly and and you know the the point is um we had a kind of history of seven years of having no clue, actually, mm-hmm. we didn't have any experience in uh, in managing a media startup. Um, I mean, if we, we we first developed our first online um, uh, process optimization in two thousand and three, I think, um, and and we stored all the client data on a web server. Back then, if you told someone that you're going to put all your client data, all your critical data onto a web server, yeah, yeah. they were going like, you're, not not, you're definitely are crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we had no clue on the one hand, but it always worked out that we found a way. So mm-hmm. so um, at the moment, we've, uh, we had the problem that the processes didn't scale or, or at least we, we would have to employ a lot of people to be able to uh, to, uh, to really fulfill these processes um, uh, in the old fashioned way then we, we, we developed this this uh, ERP and uh, in the background, etc so um, it was always it was like seven years um, okay finding a solution for everything so um, and then um, it was somewhat um, okay somehow we will feel we will we will feel how the solution will be, and we will find a solution. Um, for, for these other uh, challenges too, which, uh, which to a certain extent was an illusion because we simply didn't have the experience, we didn't have the, the, the management structure. The management structure was still the same um, as when we started, like mm-hmm. very democratic, uh, there was no one really um, really responsible for the strategy which was, um, which we were always, uh, so, so there was, uh, in French you say, in diffusion de la responsabilité, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. no one
0: really wanted to... To take uh, on the responsibility for it, right?
1: One thing, mm-hmm. and the other thing is, um, if, if you would, for example, make a suggestion, I would say, yeah, that sounds, sounds good, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds good, But and I wouldn't want to, to, um, to get your suggestion out of the way, um, yeah. because pro- perhaps it, it could be right, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, that, um, and, and of course, with the, uh, with the crash of the stock market in uh, August 2008, it didn't, didn't really help. help yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, did, what, it, what did
0: it do to the team? Like when you are so successful, like you'd heard like uh, friends are embarking for this entrepreneurial journey. They are super successful. They are growing. And then you have this crash. You have this failure. How did you handle that? Did you... Did it? Well,
1: you know, the team actually the team uh, changed a lot during the first seven years. I mean, I mean, um, uh, you have this um, you have this uh, phase where the, the company is more or less a family, right? And you're mm-hmm. you're barbecuing every. Um, every noon together uh, in front of the office and stuff and and at the moment you get 40 50 people you have to uh, have departments and and stuff like that um the 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 organization changes greatly so uh that was um and also if you at at the moment uh, a huge company buys a part of your company uh the whole mindset also changes uh the the, what people expect from the company changes etc so um I mean the the um it was not it was not that um that uh, we had no change and then at that moment everything was right. was different so yeah. the changes were were part of the development but um of course of course the um at the moment when uh not everything is just easy going um, and, and just everything is, um, is fine. Uh, there's a lot of, of changes in, in how people perceive the company um, uh, and and for us I mean it was it was on the one hand, it was uh, not the most um, relaxed time, but on the other hand, it was also super interesting to see how to manage a company in such a phase when not everything is, is, uh, is going as you wished, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's now really looking back. Like at the moment True. then, did, yeah. you, did you get in any fights like with Sylvan? Did you had argues? Like, were you disappointed? Did you like blame someone in the team or did you blame an advisor? Or was it like, can you fill us in a little bit like on the emotional part of, of mm-hmm. what happened mm-hmm. at that time?
1: No, actually, we never got into fights in the management because um, because the relation between us was, was so, uh, so was so strong. tight, and there was never like a finger pointing and uh, and yeah, but you did and and we did. At the end, um, that was a little bit the advantage of a very democratic um, structure because then no one could really say it's your fault or it's my fault mm-hmm. or it's it's um, it's rather it was rather a collective um uh thing to to uh, to uh, endure i mean mm-hmm. it's it's um uh, and no one really said okay I, i'm leaving now uh, that's too much for me so we were really enduring it together also so until mm-hmm. everything was structured in a way that it was um future proof again um everything was everybody stayed uh, on the boat and uh, and only then, when everything was like structured in a way, uh, the first founders actually left um, left the company.
0: Maybe now, looking back, is there something that you can say we would have done differently?
1: Well, like- one thing one thing is definitely the management structure. I mean, I mean, um, having like like having someone who has more experience in the whole strategic. A management of, I mean, at the time, there was like five, six, seven companies um, to manage, um, uh, having external uh, board members, uh, that was one mistake, which was definitely um, uh, our mistake, that we like from the shareholders to the board members, management and team leaders were all the same person. So there was no control in uh, Hey, what are you doing here? Um, that's something then probably. If we would have done this, that would have had an influence into um, how, we would have, um, checked, um, how we would have checked how uh, we would have checked the let's say um, uh, what does the market do at the moment. Um, uh, that would have had an influence on the development of the business model, like not mm-hmm. relying that much on mm-hmm. advertising mm-hmm. Yeah. stuff. So, so you see that
0: it would have it would have uh, split up a lot of, of, of
1: different uh, areas um, to 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 take action in.
0: Or what was the main driver that you didn't go and got hired by a by a big corporate and started to do consulting?
1: <laughs> Good question. I, I mean the. Um, I think it was still it was uh, it was the will to really uh, still just be able to be my own boss. I mean, to to really uh, set the culture myself, to decide myself what kind of projects I want to take on. Um, I think that was really the main driver behind uh, behind uh, the new uh, activities we did since 2010.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that was not um, didn't didn't have a lot to do with uh, how attractive it seems to be an, inter- an entrepreneur today i think the whole ecosystem sometimes also goes a little bit over the top right now implying a little bit that being a startup entrepreneur is just uh, hanging out in cool workshops uh, with uh, walls where you can write on and uh, and having best espresso in your co-working space and uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean. Sometimes you really get the impression, uh, oh, cool! If I if I uh, attend uh, as many conferences, if I attend as many uh, workshops, etc., then I have a successful startup. And no one tells you that. Uh, That's not the case. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, no one really waits for a new sales pitch, right? Uh-huh. I mean. I mean, uh, uh, that's the the hard truth. When you, you, after all that nice, creative phase with a lot of espresso and and, and stuff like that, (laughs) uh, and then you you start to make your first sales calls, and you recognize, you you actually notice that um, no one with budget uh, really waited for your sales call. Uh, That's um, that's that's at the end the very unsexy part. A lot of people don't talk about actually. They really mystify this entrepreneurial activity uh, and 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 yeah you really have a, a view of, of being an entrepreneur uh, that um, also creates a lot of disappointment in my opinion because at the very end a startup is nothing more than a PL sheet right I mean that's that's where uh, the success of your startup um, is is um, is uh, decided, uh, and and not the kind of uh, coffee Espresso beans. brand. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> no, not the coffee beans are deciding whether your startup will be, uh, a success. will be successful, yeah. and neither ahead. the color of the tables you put into your office.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you would say on one hand, you would say it's a cool time to start a company because you have a lot of information available, much more than you had 20 or 10 years ago. Um, but on the other hand you say hey um, what we do with entrepreneurship right now it's maybe a little bit a bubble of a bubble of post-its and espresso so what would you recommend to someone who is starting right now
1: I mean I mean the um there there's one thing um to I mean I mean I don't want to say that that everybody who starts a company is is just wanting to drink espresso that that wouldn't be wouldn't be fair neither um I, I just I just see that um that there are a lot of different motivators uh, why you should, you should start a company. Is it because you uh, really want to set uh, an organization, set up an organization where you can uh, get the culture um, uh, right, and, and having a, having your own organization where you can influence the culture? Is it because you have a passion for creating products and to see these products on the market? Is it? Um, uh, is it because um, you have uh, you you want to get rich, uh, you want to just have a financial exit of uh, let's say like ten, twenty million in, in two years? Uh, could be a motivation too. But what I saw in these seventeen years I, I did startups um, was also that there are a lot of hidden motivators. you, you did do a lot of stuff in an unconscious way like. From my example, it was it was pretty uh, weird actually because because I had I had uh, developed into in seven years into a job I would never have applied for. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the head of head of sales of all our organizations, um, and one of the unconscious motivators was because I always thought oh, managing a lot of people that's really sexy and that's cool and and, and that's what I want to do, but. If if I really have a look at me sitting in a meeting room and say, hey, Rego, let's have a look at the results. Where are we? Where are, why aren't we where we wanted to be? That's this, not you. Yeah. No, it's definitely not me actually. Mm-hmm. And I just did it. Um, and uh, and therefore, what I would recommend to, you, to to people is really like like what is really if you, if you really imagine yourself doing that stuff and trying to get rid of all these unconscious stuff like stuff which are uh, which you um, which lets you do um, tasks that you are not actually made for, mm-hmm. because all your all your friends at mm-hmm. the university say, yeah, consulting that's yeah. cool, or, yeah. or like managing people that's cool, yeah. and you just follow that that that, that pattern. pattern yeah. uh, even even if it's if it's not really what you would want yeah. to do,
0: I mean. Um, so so that's the first thing I think that. Uh, Creating, creating a job for you actually, creating something you want to do. Exactly, and 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 and
1: I, I always uh, s- s- summarize that in the question: What's your what's your personal uh, vision for yourself as an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And and um, and it's it's totally okay if someone says, "I want to get rich in two years." Mm-hmm. Um, that could be one motivation, or to say, "Hey, uh, I want to have my own organization." And then the the, the
0: what I'm doing is completely. I don't care what I'm doing, but I want to have my own company.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. that and and then and then the um, all, all what you do is um, c- can turn out completely different than than if you just go after this unconscious pattern of what you think you could you um, you, you could want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like I'm asking myself why is it so difficult actually to stay true to yourself and to follow this path? And I think what what is happening maybe and I'm I'm really I, I, I'm 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 interested in what's, what's your take on that because what I'm seeing is that also like investors, people from the outside tell the young entrepreneurs how it should be. Like you should get like you should get money, you should um, do an IPO or a trade sale in the end. And I think, I don't know what you think about that, but I think that's like something which also doesn't help. Like, I think we should be more honest about the whole entrepreneurial careers and the diversity and not for everyone the same is the right thing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I mean, and um, but uh, I mean, I mean, I see the whole investment circus quite uh, from the outside because um, because we our our uh, startups mostly are self-funded, uh, so therefore we don't we are not participating. In that, but I mean, as I see it, um, is that there are very different uh, kind of uh, of investors. Some who had their own businesses, who know exactly what what happened uh, at the time when they were young entrepreneurs. So they are uh, rather coaching them, and uh, and there are other ones who just really uh, want to get their money uh, being being uh, I don't know uh, multiplied by ten in in two years, um, which. Um, which of course is is the task of the of the founder to really choose wisely uh, with with, uh, with who we will we'll be uh, working. Um, therefore, but but of course, I mean the, the economical uh, pressure uh, investors uh, can make on the on the founders is uh, is definitely um, also um, one of the factors that are um, that are to be taken into account. Uh, when talking about uh finding the the right way as an entrepreneur and it's it's um it's i see it as as some kind of freedom uh if i don't have to and if i don't have this complexity to keep any investor happy
0: mm-hmm. did you That's, see that also with your ventures like you did some very very successful ventures you always stayed a little bit in the background but during the last a um, couple of years you had some very successful exits, like there was a company called Sobrado, which uh, was sold to Swiss Life. You help me if it's not right. It's true. It's yeah. true. Um, you sold uh, a company together with the founders, Equipia, to Xing. Mm-hmm. Did you see like a certain pattern like that? What companies, what all these companies under in all these ventures, like where you said we never took external money or we never did this or never did that. Is there a certain pattern you can say?
1: Mm, not really. Not really. Actually. Actually. I mean, I mean, the, the, the common thing about it is that um, that everything that worked really, really was based on a huge persistence. I mean, uh, even if the if the situations get tough, um, uh, uh, being uh, staying alert, finding options, finding alternatives, uh, how we can uh, work um, uh, on this situation, etc. I mean, uh, also, in these two exits we had in the last two uh, last seven years um, uh, this uh, uh also there nothing and uh, not everything w- just worked. easily worked out also there we sometimes had the situation that uh we really needed uh more money to to wait. where the
0: wheels hit the trees exactly <laughs> exactly i, like I mean it. i mean and
1: and it's it's an illusion if you if you um if you say um that's that this is something which is not normal i mean mm-hmm. that's that's rather the normal case yeah uh and and uh, and that's why I also think that um, we should stop like uh, stigmatizing failures, but mm-hmm. but rather talk about it and really say, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, that 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 went wrong. That was this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that was the constellation of factors that led to that situation. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, it's it's much more. Whenever I have to make presentations for like like. Um, uh, uh, younger entrepreneurs so often in the briefing uh, for the speech there is like yeah show your success factors that was i, I always say uh, the success factors you can you can read them in every book on every blog uh, and uh, it, it, it actually uh, summarizes in uh, 10 things uh, successful entrepreneurs eat for breakfast <laughs> and bullshit like that. I mean, you can, everything, you, can, you can really read all that stuff. But where we really, really, really um, made mistakes, uh, when, whenever after the speech uh, I, I talk to, to these students, they always say, hey, uh, that was really cool that, um, that you didn't mystify uh, entrepreneurship in a way that um that that you 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 go out of this of this room and think ah these are really special people there but it's actually there's a lot of luck i mean we completely overestimate our own uh, influence i mean i mean how many times you actually thought ah let's go home early but then you decided oh i go to that con to that uh, business event in the evening and there you by chance, you uh, ma- met one of the key clients you that de- that helped a lot to develop your your company. I mean, um, uh, we should not overestimate um, how much we actually are, are contributing and mm-hmm. what what is luck, what is um, uh, just um, uh, yeah stuff that that. Uh, come your way and you have to recognize it of course you have to recognize Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. just (laughs) let let everything pass
0: yeah but but we are we agree that you can't influence luck too much you can be persistent but you can't like you just have to go out there you just have to play the game Mm -hmm. and then you will like eventually you will be lucky but it's really hard to say how can I turn luck in my favor (coughs) or are there Mm -hmm. any very experienced, actually. <laughs> how, <laughs> how I can, as a young entrepreneur, can turn luck in my favor?
1: Well, from my experience, I, I once heard the quote that the, the more I work, the, the luckier I get. Like the the the, the, the more uh, the more effort I put in, and that's that's really true. I think. I mean, I, I had a lot of situations where I could I could say, Ah, oh, okay, we had uh, some success because of that, and this. Um, If you go, if you trace back how that came, Mm -hmm. um, there were like like a decision. There was really once one event in the evening where I really thought, "I'm so tired. I I, rather go home." And then for I don't know for some reason I said, "Like 15 minutes short drink," and then I then I go home. And at that at that evening, I found out um, how to uh, really increase the number of contacts in the media and advertising industries uh, um, to, to really get the network um, uh, in these in these potential clients mm-hmm. uh, into these potential clients and that's uh, yeah how would you how would you say that? This is because because I uh, had this um, this uh, <laughs> uh, this genius idea to, to go to that event or was it rather like this spontaneous stuff I mean that's pure luck right I mean mm-hmm.
0: if, but if you went yeah, exactly. And yeah, you, like that's something a lot of uh, entrepreneurs say. It's it's really hard work. That's the point. Like if you think it's just like well, we're back on coffee, but maybe it's beer sometimes. But if you just think it's like easy going then you probably will not achieve what you need to achieve. Like it's really working working your ass off and True. working long nights. And that also brings me back to what you said at the beginning. You said it's maybe easier to do it when you are young. It's not just the ecological footprint, but if you have someone at home, maybe kids or a wife or someone who is waiting for you, it's maybe harder to actually put that additional effort in to then get lucky.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think uh, I, I think you described it well. I mean, it's, it's at the end. It's it's a lot of effort combined with luck. So I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't make just sense to to put a lot of effort in um, if you go to that event and then um, you are no, not obviously. alert yeah. on what chances are here um, and then go home. Then the whole effort doesn't make sense at all, actually. And uh, to what kind of situation you are in? I mean. Uh, there are a lot of, of um, there are a lot of successful um, uh, family uh, uh, like like uh, people who have people who have family um, who are uh, starting their business too. So um, I mean, there's no rule. I think um, of course. Uh, and um, and there I wouldn't I wouldn't say. Um, I would rather say, of course, you have one uh, dependency less, right? I mean, exactly. You don't, you don't need to be at home at five because then the kids come back from school. Um, uh, of course, it is easier, but I wouldn't say the, I wouldn't say that it's, it's not possible to have, right. uh, um, to have family and and um, and uh, be an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. my my two business partners, Pascal and Sylvan, today they both have family.
0: Yeah, right. But they are already a little bit advanced like now starting the like company, a company seven years old yeah, yeah. True. but but maybe give us maybe your personal take on how to be like healthy and how to be in shape to start companies what are you doing like to do you have any any life hacks that help you be uh be be, be powerful <laughs> and be energetic every day um one thing is
1: i mean they're pretty simple actually i mean uh If you have a look at at the effects of running or or just like uh, cardio sports, um, that's that's something I do. Uh, Like like two or three times a week, I uh, I run, uh, to get all the what is it cortisol and all these uh, stress uh, hormones. Yeah, exactly, stress hormones down that level. Uh, The second thing is uh, I I like these um, uh, I like these uh, uh, these calm meditation apps to really have uh, some um uh just some minutes in which you are really uh following your breath and you are really at the moment mm-hmm. because um as an entrepreneur you always run behind some some goals uh you are uh, always um uh anticipating stuff in the future etc and i think it helps a lot to uh to really consciously be uh, if it's just a few minutes per day um really constantly be at the present moment, uh, that's that's really something. And uh, and one thing, uh, of course, but this is trivial. I mean, uh, I mean the alcohol. I, I just basically don't drink alcohol. I mean, uh, and you're turning 43 <laughs> in mm-hmm. fall. Uh, you, I personally just uh i just get up harder <laughs> if i yeah. if i have to With every uh, year you get older exactly and i mean probably
0: that changed because you were the party entrepreneur so you have been probably drinking like a little bit
1: well um not that much actually
0: okay. actually the, the the point you always had to work like when you went to the parties
1: <laughs> i mean i mean it sounds really nerdy but actually we were I mean, we were ETH nerds, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we were allowed to be nerdy, uh, but it, um, it was really, uh, one of the things people really liked was that mostly if they, if they woke up on, on Sunday, the, the photos are, were already online.
0: Okay. Okay. And, got it. And, um, so so and there was no time to be drunk. So you had to. You took the pictures, ran home, exactly put them on the server, published them. Published and, them. And, um, okay, and, and
1: that was really something people people appreciated. Yeah. And uh, and we heard a lot that um, that these. Um, uh, that these things actually differentiated us so, mm-hmm. some some of the competitors got them online on monday tuesday because
0: they were still getting the alcohol out of the blocks. i don't know, <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't want to say that now we I got don't. the competitive advantage you had so uh,
1: <laughs> i don't know why perhaps perhaps just the routine to uh <laughs> yeah. to integrate the photos into the database was a little, a little bit slower <laughs> that could also be a, i don't know i don't yeah. know why, oh, it, why that was yeah. but but for us for us we always saw the or at, l- at least i can uh, can, um, it from me. I can mean, tell you for me, I mean, like the parties always were like a, uh, a basis to make business and not just to, um, uh, of, course, of course, it was fun to, to be there, but um, uh, just having fun and, having, uh, and having, having to go back without pictures, that was never, uh, that was something I, uh, I didn't find fulfilling actually as an entrepreneur. Right. So therefore, it was—it still was some seriousness behind the business. Also, because imagine uh, there were like uh, companies like uh, uh, like Swisscom, like like the big the big corporates uh, booking advertising on your on your platform. So there, you couldn't just say, uh, "Yeah, we don't care about what content was on." I mean, we had about half a million people every month on the website. So. You couldn't just
0: say, um,
1: oh, we don't care about right. we what's, just do party. what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So then then really? uh, probably the, this hockey stick would never have happened.
0: You have for a startup entrepreneur in Switzerland a lot of experience already. I think we can say that. Is there any final advice you would give to people who, who just embark or maybe just started their company? Uh, I think you will never manage if,
1: if everybody else has to tell you um what is the right way so so i think i think you really have to find uh, your own way and you you have to constantly look for your own way and um and and not like um, rely on others to tell you what is right, what, what works, what doesn't work, etc. Um, I, I even lost some of the business models because I asked too many people. And a few years later, I, I see a, a company who successfully does exactly what I proposed. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's really, uh, that's annoying, actually. Yeah. And, and if, if that, if, if you, as a young entrepreneur, you have a vision, you see, whoa, that's my passion, I'm sure I can... Uh, I can get my talents in there. I'm sure I can get the clients. I'm sure I, I will, I will, I will do that. Then, then, don't ask for people uh, or, or don't look for people who tell you that it won't work.
0: Yeah. You will always find them, probably.
1: Definitely, these people. I always compare, um, uh, like, f- um, having a business with flying a plane. There's a lot of stuff you have to do. You have to check how is my airspeed, how's the attitude of the of the plane, how much fuel do I have, uh, where uh, in this uh, in the mountains the wind is going up, where it will uh, push you down into the rocks, um, where are the clouds, uh, where so all these internal, how much fuel you have, you can, you can, uh, to a certain extent, you can put it in yourself. Um, uh, Where are the clouds? Uh, You won't be able to determine that yourself. So, um, I mean, this, this situational awareness and, and, um, and really, um, uh, yeah, following, following your, your guts, following uh, what, what, what seems to be okay for you? Um, that that um, most of the cases you won't you won't get wrong.
0: Very great closing statement. So uh, yeah, great to be here. Chat with you. Thanks so much for your time, and I hope to see you again, Marcus.
1: Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, well, let's uh, let's repeat that with a coffee.
0: <laughs> cool. Thanks. Yeah, with a coffee. <laughs> with an espresso. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>